I have the pleasure of talking to singer-songwriter out of Lethbridge, Alberta, Trevor Panzak today. And uh, we're just going to chat a little bit about his new song, how life's been going through 2020, and what he's expecting to happen for 2021. So, Trevor, let's start kind of at the beginning. When you think of the music that sort of affected you growing up, I was like a 50s and 60s Rod Stewart, the Beatles kind of kid. That's what my parents brought up for me. But what was it like in your house, and where do those musical influences come from? No, you know what? Uh, it was definitely full-on country. My dad loved uh, Hank Williams and Jim Reeves, and you know, he, but he liked Elvis Presley and the Beatles too. I got a little bit of that, but it was primarily a very country home. We'd listen to the AM station here, and uh, well, Lethbridge uh, made it all the way out to McGrath, so we got to listen to twelve twenty CJOC. So what I grew up on. Yeah, those AM stations have a far reach, eh? Yeah, my older <laughs> brothers they they like. 1090 check that was more the rock station but my my mother i think she, they she even phoned the radio station one time because they were playing uh, funky music play that funky music whiteboard or something <laughs> and uh she thought they were saying a different word so she phoned in and said how could you be playing this kind of material <laughs> 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 it was definitely a country household yeah so she she was looking out for you guys back then eh? i guess so <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you've never heard it before, you may think it is a bad word. That's a very good thing. But I think it's hilarious that she called in and gave them trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> Three, with, with older brothers, I'm sure you guys got into a lot of trouble growing up. Oh, yeah. Well, there was, there was always uh, something going on. <laughs> growing up in the country, I did too, right? There's always something you can find your way into trouble with somehow or another. Well, <laughs> we had three-wheel. Like, remember, there's quads now, but they used to make three-wheeler motorcycles and unfortunately no nobody died but we definitely skinned some uh, <laughs> skinned some knees and elbows riding those things yeah, i think the first time i came home because we moved to the country and i was like 13 from calgary out to standard right so just outside strathmore sure and the first time i came home and mom's like what did you do today i'm like i got pulled behind an atv on a tube she's like i'm sorry what <laughs> oh my god like in the snow it was the greatest day of my life she's like wait did you have on a helmet i was like no we used to do something called bumper shining. I don't know if you did that in standard or not, or do you know what bumper shining is? No, I do not, but I want to. So, so, so when, when it was snowy and icy out, you could, uh, you know, somebody would leave leave the parking lot or like a teacher or somebody in a pickup truck and you would kind of run up behind and then grab onto the bumper and just your feet were your skis and you would just go. <laughs> that was called bumper shining. <laughs> I've been pulled behind a van on a snowboard before, but I've never done it on my shoes. No, there was no tether. It was just hands on. <laughs> that's now, I'm 40 years old and I want to try that. I'm not gonna lie. Let's go. Yeah, I'm like, when can we do that? Because that sounds like a pretty good time. Um, so I guess is that something that I mean, obviously you had a pretty close knit family, but is that something that your family encouraged when you were growing up? Was music for you if you were like kind of getting involved in that at a younger age, or is it something you sort of were drawn to later in life? Well, I can remember being a kid and just loving the Bob Kingsley American Country Countdown. Mm. Like, that was just mesmerizing for me. And then in the elementary school, there would be music recitals, reciting poetry. So at a young age, I got to learn how to memorize things. And so I had an interest in music with uh, the family life and the, the countdown and, and uh, the exposure to country music. And then having that little tool in my chest, you know, from being able to memorize, my dad saw some potential with music. So we got seven or eight of his friends to haul on a piano and we took piano lessons as kids and I never picked up a guitar till I was 14 after three well it was a number of years of battling about the piano and 
lots of tears shed and because there was nothing ever neat or cool in the nothing against all the john thompson piano book lovers out there but <laughs> there was nothing ever that was appealing in there like where's the where's the you're cheating heart or where's the you know some like aura lee was the closest thing because it sounded like uh, love me tender where's the play that funky music white boy in the piano book right <laughs> so <laughs> so we let that go for a while and then i grabbed the guitar and then i never I just was hooked, and my dad wrote out a bunch of chords for me, and I played till my fingers bled, literally, and uh, we started a little band and played a bunch of fundraisers and played, played every freebie show we could in the community, and like dad started organizing fundraiser concerts for me to just get out there and play my music. Like I would be the headliner. I'd not, I had no business being the headliner, but uh, he'd just say, just take your guitar out there and talk to him and sing him some songs, and and that's where I cut my teeth, and that's when we do our shows now with my full band. I do a couple acoustic songs, and that's one of my highlights of a, of a whole entire show is to be able to just have that broken-down moment with just me and my guitar and remember when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, just starting out that way. It's pretty fantastic, I mean, to say your dad took the time, like, writing out the chords and making sure that you had a place to play. I mean, it's it's very different. I don't know how old you are, but I mean, I grew up in the 80s, right? It's very different now than it was in the 80s and 90s to, to try to get out there, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of work goes into that. So to have somebody kind of in your corner like that, I mean, is that something that kind of keeps you motivated then as a, as a younger guy, you know, 15, 16 years old, when you've got that cheerleader to keep pushing you? For sure. There's And there's lots of people ask who my heroes are yeah. from growing up with with the music that I love and of course there's the George Straits and the Alan Jacksons and the Clint Blacks and the Jerry Reeds and all them guys but number one on my list is always my dad. It's something to be said to have your parents kind of in your corner right I mean it's it's one of those things where whenever you do a show like I I do improv and and those kinds of things outside of the radio gig I don't sing because nobody needs to hear that outside of my kitchen. <laughs> or, my, or the shower, or the shower. Sometimes, sometimes in my kitchen, I'm Reba. In public, I am not. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's well, always when you look out and you see that family member smiling back. It just makes you stand a little bit taller, and encourages you and keeps yeah. you going. Like my first public appearance went pretty bad. We were at a jam. I, I won't get into the whole story, but <laughs> we basically got asked off the stage, and it was because it was so bad and. And so I, I was a six foot tall, fourteen year old kid crying on my dad's shoulder mm-hmm. in the parking lot of this school. And I said, "Don't ever ask me to do this again." And it took him a week, but he got me back on the horse, and uh, it went a way better. <laughs> totally opposite, <laughs> totally opposite of the week before. And uh, then we were sailing again. It, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's there's sometimes where you're gonna bomb, and you just kind of put your head down and go, "Oh, that was not a good day." But yeah, you just hope you don't bomb on the first go around. Right. <laughs> I guess it happened, and we moved on. Well, the good thing is you get it out of the way right away. And then it doesn't happen again, right? never happened again since then. You're fine. Well, there's always <laughs> there's always challenges, right? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go with that. Yeah, it's been great for the last how many years. So, I mean, it, and it is. It's fantastic to have those people, right, that support, because it, it definitely it does make you smile a little brighter. And so that, obviously, a memorable moment for you. And then when you think about shows, obviously, you've played a few in your days. Um, what are some of the more memorable places or people that you've had the opportunity to share a stage with? Well, first one comes to mind is uh, Don Williams, the late, great Don Williams. Mm. I got to do five shows on his Canadian tour with him. And it took me until show number four to work up the courage to even ask for an autograph. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's like when my dad passed away in 2003 and, and Don Williams was another 
like just there's different times in your life where you're listening to different things and there Mm -hmm. was a there was a stretch where it was i had a little transistor cassette radio with the aerial and the handle you know kind of a, more of an upright little unit that used to be on grandma and grandpa's kitchen counter, you know? Yep. And I would take that thing down in my room and, and it had an auto reverse on the cassette. So you didn't have to take the cassette out and flip it over. And I would fall asleep to Randy Travis, Dan Seals and Don Williams. So for, for me to come full circle as a kid, listening to him mm-hmm. on a cassette and then be able, and when, and just a little parlay to that, story about my dad um he passed away in 2003 and the last cd that he was listening to was the don williams greatest hits and so i took that and and all of my dad's i got seven binders of his handwritten material for us to learn on he would write out the chords and things Uh like that and i took all that stuff with me and he signed it all it was just it was just an amazing magical moment that i'll never be able to replace or forget it's it's amazing the things that we can take with us, right? Those memories that if they just where, wherever you are, wherever you're performing, that's that's sitting in the back of your mind, right? Yeah, for sure. And then we got to play out at the uh, at the it was Rexall Place. We opened up for Tim McGraw. Wow! And, and uh, that was a dream come true. Yeah. I, I never got to meet him, but uh, his road crew was amazing, and and just the experience of being able to do a sound check underneath the. Edmonton Oilers names that were hung on in the rafters and yeah. and hanging out with Beverly Mahood and her band who was also a support that night and, and then holy cow there's Tim McGraw it was just amazing I just, Ron Sakamoto and I just stood beside each other at the side of the <laughs> stage and just kind of like that's pretty wicked it's yeah it's one of those out of body moments where you're just like is this really happening or is someone going to pinch me in a minute I know. That is fantastic. And so now you've got an album out right now and a song on there that I love um, that I think is on, it's, it's, you know, probably if, if it could wear out on a repeat, it would on a streaming service, but uh, it's Where I Go to Come Back. Well, thank you. And it's, the lyrics of it are wonderful. The video is, is awesome as well. But when you think of a song like that, what is that meaning behind that song for you? Well, it's, it's kind of evolved. Um, <clears throat> I recorded that before the pandemic even hit. Like, I'm a hometown guy. I grew up on a farm. I was two miles from my little town of McGrath, and I'd pedal to school or pedal to my <laughs> friend's place, and and it just had this hometown sense about it. As, and as I grow up and, and leave McGrath and do my thing and live in my life, I've, I've always tried my best to remember my roots, and as I've grown as a performer and an entertainer, I also have tried to give back to the community and and, and raise money, and I'm on a, I'm a co-chair on a stars committee down here in Lethbridge, and we hold a Boots and Roots fundraiser every year and support a great cause like stars, and and so it's it's kind of all wrapped up in the memories of of my youth and remembering where I came from, and, and as I move forward with life and grow, my growing family, and it just kind of encapsulates me who I am as a person, and even when we go on tour, mm-hmm. we've named our tour. The where I go to come back to her because everywhere we go, we just seem to really fit in with the organizers and the, the crowds and and where where we go, whether it's a small town or, or a city, it's just it's just it's just fun to be out on the road and we just miss it dearly. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it was like I I listened to the song and and it's kind of like it, you know, you get to come back again. You can always come home again, and just getting to watch the video as well, kind of seeing the rea- the reality behind it. Like it didn't seem like a staged video. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that'll, uh, that'll just tickle my friend uh, and fellow bandmate, uh, Trevor Christensen, who uh, operates under the handle of El Mule in the Alberta Country Music uh, Association, or uh, Alberta Country Music World and, and beyond. And he, uh, that was his first video that he ever shot. So, you know, me growing, me growing up watching CMT and, and having a feel for what I wanted out of my videos and his wonderful eye behind a camera lens. He's a really good photographer. We just put our heads together and, and uh, that's what we came up with. Yeah, it was great. And you can tell, you can tell him too, like my favorite scene because I know growing up in Alberta and sports, watching those kids play football in the snow, I've been anti Nat that has been wrapped up in a blanket and trying to cheer these kids on going, if someone does not find me a Bailey's and hot chocolate, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I did that. I shot that in my hometown of McGrath. So, yeah. uh, I uh, had a lot of support of uh, just figuring that out and making it all come together with the town and, and with uh, my friend Bert, Brett Barfus and his wife, Kristen. And like, these are people I went to school with and worked with when I was a kid in McGrath. And the community really came together for me and to make it all come to, to fruition and we had a really good friend of ours from up uh Statler way who has who uh his name is kevin mcdonald and he came all the way down there to help us with the fireworks at the at the end of that puppy so a lot of support from across the province yeah definitely a group effort right and that's but then For again sure. even then it just it's that the video and the coming together of that video itself is a small town effort like that there's something to be said i think if you if you've never grown up in a small town or you know grown up in the country whatever that is you know, for you, I mean, coming from the city when I, where I started in Calgary and going out to Standard, a town of 300 people, <laughs> I, like, it was a shock to my system at 13 years old, but the difference in the friendships that I had, the relationships that I still have to this day with those people, yeah. you know, it, it continues to grow. So that, that support to make that video for you, I mean, that must have just felt amazing to be able to have that kind of continual just, you know, support surrounding you. Well, for sure. And the, and the like, friends come and go, but, you know, you make these friends and especially in small towns, like we've been to Coronation three times. We've been to Consort three times. We've been lots of places like that. And like we pick up right where we left off. And if you ever need somebody, you know, you could count on your hometown friends or those small town people and the people that you connect with. It's just, it's just amazing. That's one of the best parts of life, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a different mentality in that small town community. It just, it just is the, the, the things that people come together for, you know, like whether someone's, you know, been in an accident or whether someone needs help or whether you just want to show up for somebody like there's, they just do. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you nailed that right on the head. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. And now I live in Strathmore, which is a little bit bigger, but it's still small enough Yeah, that I don't have to like, it's not the city. And I, people ask me all the time, why I don't live in the city? And I'm like, I just can't do it. I can't, it's, it's too much. It's noisy. There's people everywhere. I'm like, I like just having my little space in my little corner of the world. I'm good in my bubble. Me too. Me too. We live we live in Lethbridge, but uh, we're on a street that the only reason that you'd be on the street is to go home or or leave home. <laughs> so so it's it's nice and quiet for Lethbridge and Lethbridge. Just even though it's a hundred thousand, it's still you're never more than 15, 10, 15 minutes away from any point in the city. Yeah, and that's where you and your family are now. Is there? You betcha. Excellent. My, my little boy in the video. He's the one right when the fireworks light off and it kind of lights oh. up his face there. His name is Nash. He's pretty cute. He is pretty cute. Yeah, he's a cute little guy for sure. And I guess is that kind of, you know, going through last year, I don't want to talk about the negativity that was last year because meh, we all know. Yeah. But, you know, as you're kind of moving forward now, is that kind of the drive to keep you 
out and entertaining, like, you know, having your family there and having that support and, and the drive to sort of entertain and and bring that passion back to us. Because, I mean, as as fans, we're missing, you know, that, that connection, that live music. So I can only imagine what that is for the artist. Well, family's definitely kept uh, kept us uh, going for sure. Our, we just had another baby uh, boy on the 14th of December, so between him and and uh, Nash, they've they've kept her sanity <laughs> for sure. And, and we want to we want to expose them more to to music and the and the things that we're doing because yeah. we think uh, it's got some merit. And and you're absolutely right. It's, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth doing without. Them. Yeah, it is. It's and uh, to say you got another one just like fresh out of the shoot there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, they both are December babies, so it's going to be <laughs> going to be an expensive month for mommy and daddy. Yeah, that's a, the good thing though is that you're done all at once and you can just get it done. Save up for that's December and then you're good to go. That's right. That's you just right. got to say the next one you have, you got to plan it a little better. Make it in the summertime. No, we're just going to have the two because <laughs> uh, Amanda Kingsland from out in Ottawa put it put it very very well she says i can't imagine having more than two then you got to stop playing man to man and go zone with these kids and i there's just no way <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because i literally had that conversation with somebody um just last week because they they're newly married and they have two little ones right and yeah. uh they had twins and the first thing that somebody said is when are you going to have more she's like whoa no uh-uh like we're super done here and she made right. the same reference to yeah nope man to man's what we're going to stick with yeah, this zone defense is yeah. not going to work. So. No, there's too much to wrangle. And then all of a sudden you got, yeah, it's just too much to get around. I have a dog. That's it. And I barely remember to feed her every day. So, <laughs> well, there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll stick with Auntie Nat. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> so I guess, like, yeah, it's the outside of music, what keeps you busy. But clearly it's, uh, it's, and what's the newest, what's the newest son's name? There's Nash and Nash and Coulter. There you go. So Nash and Coulter are what's probably keeping you busy then outside of music. Yes, indeed. And then, uh, We've kind of uh, exposed here. I've, I grew up on a farm, and yeah. and I've always wanted to get my Class One driver's license, and I never did. And and as you start doing music and other things, you just there's really no need for it. So now, for the last ten or so years, if there wasn't shows and during the week or whatever, I would hop on a combine for for the neighbor, our really good friends, and uh, and he was very very willing to work with the schedule that I have with music and things like that. So I could just, they have a couple kids they would, you know, hop on when I would go. So last year he said, if you want some more work, I could put you to work right away. And so from May the 2nd until Thanksgiving, I basically was spraying and raking and, and seeding a little bit and, and then back on the combine for harvest. And then as winter came, I thought, you know, this is the, this is the chance to get my class one that I've always wanted to get. So I, uh, I got, and he also has a trucking company, so, so it's pretty handy. And he he hauls a lot of grain in the in the winter, moving moving product to the elevator. And so that's that's part of what I've been doing uh, this year, filling filling the calendar with something. And uh, I've really actually been enjoying it. I feel like. Uh, smoking the bandit out there on the highway <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like most people say you know what i said if i had time i get all this stuff done that was a lie because i didn't do anything last year you clearly got some stuff done we got some stuff done and after har- after harvest was done at thanksgiving we worked on the house a little bit to get ready for uh, baby number two and mm-hmm. spent some time just at home with each other and you know the, that's my big silver lining with this whole pandemic is even though we're not doing music i've got to do my second love with music or uh, with farming and uh spend all this all this extra 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 time with my with my wife and and my two boys and 
and it's it's really feels like it's paying off dividends yeah. because we just have this wonderful connection with all, all of us, and and uh, we're very thankful and blessed for that. Absolutely, yeah. You got to get kind of get back to your roots and do some farming and get your class one. You made a baby. You had a busy year. Jeez, right? <laughs> quarantine <laughs> baby. When we went to the doctor the first time, he said, "You guys are taking this quarantine pretty serious." <laughs> Getting down to business. Okay. That's fantastic. So, yeah, is is it something, though, like, if, as you get back on the road, are they able to come with you, or is it something you kind of just do on your own, or do they get to tour around, too? Oh, every once in a while, like, nice. there's, uh, there's events where we're, we're going to spend the weekend, like, at a festival or, you know, something more intimate or something more appropriate. We'll take the motorhome or bring a trailer or something just to include them as much as we can. It's not all the time. It's kind of a cherry-pick kind of deal, but... It's pretty neat. Uh, we played the Tabor Corn Fest last year, for instance, and we got Nash some little head uh, headphones so he didn't hurt his ears. Aww. And we had him had him up on stage, and he was just I plunked him right on the top of my guitar, and he just kind of hung out for the last couple songs of the set, and it was it was pretty awesome. So those are the those are the magic moments that that uh, you just live for. I think it's that full circle moment. The way you talk about your dad is, yeah. I, I assume, one day the way Nash is going to talk about you. Well, I hope. You can only hope so, and we're just trying yeah. our best to be uh, to be good that way. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I look forward to uh, to seeing you hopefully live sooner than later. And I just really thank you for taking time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. It's been a great time chatting with you. Natalie, I've done a lot of interviews, and I just wanted to thank you because uh, you you looked me up and you you knew some of the things that I've done, and 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 it was a really nice. And not have some have you say tell me a little bit about yourself <laughs> you, you were so engaging and you're a great interviewer and i just wanted to to say you're just you're a pro so thank you oh well thank you i really appreciate that i that's uh <laughs> well i mean i really mean it i, I sincerely mean it and oh. we can't wait to get out there and and come to strathmore yep. I, I should even man it's been a long time since i've been to Cochrane. we when i first was getting rolling we played out at the stage line uh, saloon there. oh wow okay and uh, I don't know if you've ever been in that little bar, but it's yep. uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> I feel like we've just aged ourselves, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> is that is that still around out there? I haven't been to Cochrane in a long time. I haven't either, but yeah, I've been there. Was there a couple years? Let's say a couple years ago. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And then, well, more recently, we played Guyweedic Days. Uh, uh, Justin Ament out there got us lined up, and he's a part of the band, and so we played we played High River and spend a little bit of time at Sun Country there with the, with all the folks that have been through there. And nice. and we just got to get out to Strathmore instead of just driving through. Hey, you're always welcome. Our door will be open soon. And uh, yeah, come on down, have a seat, play some songs. We'll gladly, we'll gladly welcome you in the front door for sure. Well, thanks, Auntie Natalie. You're, you're welcome see? at our place too. <laughs> there you go. It's going to be great. Well, like, like I say, I can't, uh, I can't wait to see you guys out live. And I got a chance to see you perform a few years ago from, you know, about 40 rows back, but it was a good time. So uh, look forward to seeing that again when you guys are ready to hit the road. Right back at you. Well, thanks thank you so much, dear. You come visit us anytime at Trevor Town. Yeah, I was going to say, we never got a chance. That's one question we didn't ask. How do people find you? Where do they get your music? Well, uh, everybody's <laughs> welcome to visit us out there in Radio Land at trevortown.com. We'll have our <laughs> social links right there, too. And uh, you asked me before we went on the on the air here about why it was Trevortown. And, well, I am a kind of a hometown kid. And and uh, if you don't have a hometown, you're not from anywhere. And it's a lot easier to spell than <laughs> Panzac. So. Yeah, I was <laughs> to say, I can spell Trevortown. Trevor Panzac, i got to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs>
Call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for supper. Absolutely. See, there's a small town boy. <laughs> awesome. Well, you have yourself a great day, my friend. You too, Natalie. All the best. All right. Chat soon. Bye-bye. Bye.